Welcome to another episode of DGen Cast. Uh, this is the Spooner Man, as always, with uh, the Hack Father. And joining us today is a very special guest, another one of our fellow hacks, Ryan Hobbs, also known as Rusty. Say hello, Rusty. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at RustyHackDGen. Oh, look at you, jumping right into the fucking plug. Hey, Rich. Hey, what's up, Jamie? Hey, buddy. Hey, um. Hey. Do you like Godzilla? <laughs> oh, God. I have no idea where this is going. Do you like Godzilla? Yes. I actually really do like kaiju films. So Okay, Godzilla's okay. Great. So you like Godzilla? I do, yes. So did you know that they're putting Godzilla cards in Magic and they have two card names on them just to make sure it's clear to everyone playing the game? <laughs> I, did, uh, I did see something about that, yes. I have no idea why they think it's a good idea to have multiple card names on there it's just i can't even read the first card names let alone the second ones i mean what are stupid people like me gonna do when they have to play against this shit well i mean you can't read so i don't think they're really thinking about you but they're still better than Yu-Gi-Oh cards Uh, we're there's an event horizon there and i think we are (laughs) very quickly moving towards we we are yeah that's not important so we got a great show for you guys we're going to talk about some more events obviously we're all living in the COVID 19 quarantine we usually record over skype anyway but we've now been playing a bunch of magic over skype and we're going to highlight some events that we've played in talk about some decks rich um the sort of fellowship we've been doing yeah what's up oh I i forgot to tell you so have you ever stolen someone's twitter photo (laughs) no i haven't but i know the story you're about to tell (laughs) so just a a little backstory here is uh for anybody in the old school discord there is you know the buy sell area show your pimp shit so it was brought to my attention one day that there was a picture on there of three lotuses being used as coasters yeah and i think we happen to know what those lotuses were right yeah i um i seem to remember it was a very unique table too it was it was it may have been one that you built <laughs> yes and it may have also had the glasses from my wedding that literally yeah. had my wedding date on it and a monogrammed photo yeah and i believe you and katie's names on too yeah yeah so yeah, okay. you have one of these because you were at my wedding so- i do we even scratched one of the ears off of the the black cat for star yep Yep. So this guy, Sven Guns, or Seven Guns, I just want to say good job for stealing my photo in a a Discord that I'm actually part of that my teammates pointed out so that I could just absolutely fucking take your soul, remove it from your body, and put it on my mantle. And the... (laughs) The best part of it is that the admins wanted to know if I actually knew who you were. So I don't know what you did to piss people off other than me, but they're trying to find you, buddy. So I pray to God, Seven or Sven Guns or whoever the fuck you are. I'm going to go with Sven Guns. Sven Guns. It sounds Swedish to me. And they restrict strip mine 
He's probably a one-strip mine turd, so... That's that's probably accurate. They say the imitation is the biggest form of flattery, but... Right up there with, what is it, Akos from Neo. So I always like to say that strip mines are restricted in Atlantic as it should be. He also said something about Atlantic being dominant, which I'm I'm not sure where that's coming from, but best I know, he sees what everyone plays. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's some colorful hand gestures on Skype at the moment. So have fun with that one. Enjoy your uh, your dominant format there. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right, that was that was enough verbal shit posting. Can we uh, let's get to talking about some actually useful stuff? How about that? We've got the Ikoria set, which is I'm guessing how that's pronounced, or the the Godzilla set as it's been called already i will say i hate this set overall after looking at the spoilers for it the art oh really that's that's actually disappointing i'm kind of looking forward to this it's i'm a big dumb timmy at heart and there's all sorts of big overcosted, complex mana cost bullshit in the set none of it's good but i just it just speaks to my inner six-year-old well there's there's too many mechanics you know it just like this whole like all these new mechanics that they keep pushing in the formats now i will say i love godzilla and i'm a child and they announced the secret layer godzilla lands today and i may have squealed like a nine-year-old girl and ran through my house (laughs) but then i came to my senses and remembered that i you know actually have a set between my legs and i play four strip mine so i think that what i'm gonna do is i think i need to get some like unlimited or in uh beta and alpha basics altered by like doug schuler dan frazier mark pool and have them altered to be godzilla if you do frazier he's gonna put dragons on them you know that yeah on the old school discord someone's already been actually uh, altering unlimited basics with godzilla and mothra and all these things Ooh, all right oh uh, we right. might want to hit them up that sounds great are they actually good alters or are they like you know a penis with wings and somebody called it mothra no it actually looks it looks pretty decent it's still like sharpie art but oh yeah i'm not about that so it's not my alter yeah for anyone that's never seen me draw on something, I have. You have the artistic talent of that third grade kid that eats glue in the back of the classroom. That's kind what of about what you third grade. Me of. That's me last week. <laughs> well, anyway, aside from the fact that I personally, I, I kind of like the... I like the art for the Godzilla cards, but I don't like the art for the other ones. I am a Godzilla fan. I don't want to see it carry over into magic. I think it's super campy. Just kind of, it kind of bugs me a little bit. Like I like the idea of the Godzilla lands more so than the creatures with two names. And just on a side note, if anyone pulls one of the death Coronas, seriously, send me a a message on Twitter. I want one. I know that's in really poor taste right now, but I actually want to play that card in oath in vintage. So yeah, hit me up. I want that card. It strikes me as a card that is very good in oath. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Plague Fest 2020. <laughs> Moving onwards. We started this weekend with an Aussie Highlander event. So Rich, mm-hmm. have you ever played Aussie Highlander? Do you know anything about it? Like, I know that it is a singleton format, which is why I have never played it and never will. So for those of you who don't know, Rich does not like singleton formats. That's going to be really unfortunate someday if Vintage ends up being singleton. Well, most blue piles are already. Yeah, I was going to say playing blue in in vintage is a little like playing edh with 60 cards yeah but (laughs) which is essentially australian highlander australian highlander only you can't play all the power you want no you can't play all the power so it is a seven point highlander system it is 60 cards and when you're 
looking at the format, it's 60 card main deck, 15 card sideboard, and have to build inside of the constraints of these seven points. So to kind of run down some of the, the points, you've got things that are four points like Ancestral Recall, Black Lotus, Time Walk, Time Vault, three points. Demonic Tutor, Imperial Seal, all of the Alpha Moxen, as well as Soul Ring and Vampiric Tutor. Two points, we get things like Channel, Dig Through Time, Flash, Mana Crypt, Mind Twist, Mystical Tutor, Protean Hulk, Strip Mine, Tinker, Talarian Academy, Thassa's Oracle is one that's been recently added to that list. Treasure Cruise and True Name Nemesis, uh, you know, skill name Chimpasis is worth two points. One point, you've got cards like Balance, Birthing Pod, Crop Rotation, Dark Petition, Doomsday, Enlightened Tutor. Fast Bond, Force of Will, Green Sun, Hermit Druid, Intuition, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Caracas, Library, cards like Yogmoth's Will, Jit, Wasteland, Wishclaw Talisman, Oko. So there's a good mix of cards in here. You don't have to have power to play kind of these high-powered decks. For me, it feels like a mix between kind of vintage and legacy, and I guess like EDH if I wasn't playing with poor people. You actually have to be able to build a decent deck. You get to use powerful cards. A lot of them are blue cards, treasure crews, dig through time, things like that. So I ended up in this tournament playing a bug time vault combo list, and my list that I ran, the points that I ran were Tinker, Time Vault, and Sensei's Divining Top. So those are my seven points. The deck is only has the green splash for Deathrite Shaman in the main deck. And it, it takes a lot of things from like some, some of the older Tesserator lists. So obviously in our last cast, we talked about my love for Tesserator. So it is running, running Tesseret the Seeker, Tesseret Agent of Bolas, things like Trinket Mage, Baleful Strix. It does have Blight Steel in the main. So I actually had a lot of fun playing this format. And since you said you had a whole lot of fun, I'm guessing you didn't have a lot of success. Uh, I went two and two. Okay. That's, so that's... I, I went 50%. You went as we, you went monkey poo, as they say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely... Monkey flinging shit at a target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round one, I ended up playing Seabiscuit. He was on like a black-green depths list. I 2-0'd him because I was just able to assemble the combo off of either Tinker or just tra uh, some of the cards that have the transmute mechanic. I was able to just sure. power out my combo. Round two, I played against Ben... Gabala, or aka Fireball as we call him. My only note is Goblins fucks, because I got deep dicked by Goblins. When I look here, I see his life total at 20 in game one, and mine goes down very quickly. Game two, his life total is at 19, and then mine goes down very quickly. So round three, I played against Kingslayer. I took game one off of him at one life, assembling the uh, vault key combo, just being able to go infinite. Game two, he got there off of Megas of the Moon. Same thing in game three. So again, uh, like always, I fucking died to Blood Moon. Then round four, I played Patsy. I got game one. He got games two and three. I don't remember what he was on. I think he was on like a blue-red Delvery kind of thing. No, not at all. I played him. I, he was, what was playing four-color filibuster. Four-color filibuster. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I saw just a lot of like blue and red cards. So I was also a little bit inebriated by that. I forgot night, about that. So. He was playing. I don't remember what the enchantment is, but you get Azor's Elocutors. Or that's right, it's a creature, but you get filibuster counters, and if you get a certain number of them, you win the game. Yes. I don't think I ever saw that card. I think I just died to combat. When I look at it, I just died to combat damage. Yeah, I, him and I were doing testing before, and I also played him round one. Okay. Well, it's a it's a one of in a singleton format, so it's not 
like a huge surprise you didn't see. Well, yeah, but I mean, people saw Time Vault against me constantly. It's just a matter of if they had Abrupt Decay or you know Ancient Grudge, things like that. So right. I went two two. I enjoy the format. I think it's a lot of fun. If you are burned out on Legacy, burned out on Vintage, you want something that isn't as dirtily as EDH. It's a great format. I highly recommend it. I know there's some people like Rich that just don't enjoy Singleton. I like it because I, I love brewing. I like the challenge of being inside of a point system. It's not a format I play a lot, but I do think about it from time to time and try to brew. Rusty played in this FNM as well. And Rusty, what, what did you end up playing and how did your tournament go? So I built a deck just to make Jamie hate his life. So I played Rug Delver. Champ. Shame. Champ. <laughs> My seven points you were monkey. Uh, two points for True Name Nemesis. Skill uh, game. One point for Oko. And four points for Ancestral Recall. Champ. Skill game, Chimpasis, Broko. Come on. I mean, it can t- I mean, you're, you're on the podcast. You have to tow the oh. party line here. Listen, someone's got to play blue <laughs> if y'all aren't going to do it, all right? <laughs> I played blue. I had Brainstorm yeah. in my deck. Listen, you're not playing a real blue pile. I play blue sometimes, I play too. blue combo. Mock Sapphire makes blue. Yeah. That is true. Talarian Academy makes blue. <laughs> I play blue. But I was playing cards like Tarmogoyf, Dire Fleet Daredevil, which is Bad Caster Mage. Oh, that's, yeah, Bad Caster Mage. That's a cool card, though. Dreadhorde Arcanist. I was playing Chandra, Acolyte of Flame, Dude, which lets you snap Dreadhorde back. Dreadhorde Arcanist. Who, whoever decided that card needed three toughness is just the worst human being in history. It's probably the same person that put two toughness on fucking Deathrite Shaman. Yeah. I played a Black Splash to include Deathrite Shaman. I played an Underground Sea and a Badlands for it. It probably designed Hogak. Yeah. And Renan So six. round one, I played against Patsy with his filibuster. And Oko. I have notes here that he says Goyf hurts. He was playing a lot of wheel effects with Narset and Thief of Sanity, just trying to <laughs> take you off a card nice. and help him find his elocutors and just a bunch of extra turn spells. Was he playing the Lotion Thief? Yeah, it was. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I beat him 2 1. Uh, he got me one game after he just wheeled my hand a bunch of times into all lands, and then he, I had no hand at one point after he wheeled me again. Round two, I played against Frenchie, who was playing Turbo Depths. I lost to him because, you know, I just don't have interaction for him, and he just always seems to beat me with whatever he's playing. I'm never ready for it. Because I'm not playing Blood Moon. I didn't play Wasteland like an idiot. I was more gaming for more spell casting strategies instead of just lands, which is funny because round three, I played against Turnaburn. He was playing a four-color loam variant. Oh, nice. So there was a lot of, like, Dark Depths make oh, a 2020. Lands. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I almost, I almost played lands. Uh, I was able to counter some of his big spells, keep his like stuff that locks me up off the field, and like, Goyf and uh, some elementals from Young Pyromancer got there for me uh, both games. So you pushed his shit in, is what you're saying? Yeah. And then uh, round four, I played against Hagen, uh, one of the Tusks. He seems good. He was playing some Naya Zoo stuff with like Thalias and more Goyfs. We had a Goyf standoff for about ten turns there, just sitting there. Like, <laughs> That's <games>. awesome. <laughs> But I ended up getting there 2-0. I ended up finishing 3-1, and I got second behind Frenchie, who 4 0 the event. Nice. Nice. So you had a good run. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Fr- yeah. Frenchie, it seems like anytime I invite him to play in an event, he just, like, fucking 4 0s it. And it's like, wait, was this supposed to be hard? He's he's a good magic player, man. He, uh, a very, very good magic player. Yeah. Very competent. The next day was the actual Plague Fest. So Plague Fest 2020, we decided to do a hyper-extended Skype event with our friends from the uh, Team Tusk. We had Zach Wilson, 5'3". We had Matt Webster, good old Pig Red, the Queso Lord. Brennan Hagen seems good. And we had Sean O'Brien, Ned Leeds, as well as Frenchie, Sean French, Frenchie playing in it as well. So we had, what, 11, 12 players, I think? 
13. Okay, so, so we had 13 for a Skype event. So this was the first and largest Skype hyperextended event. If you guys <laughs> are interested in hyperextended, it is basically the middle school magic format that we play. We prefer it because it has a restricted list that Rusty apparently is in fucking capable of reading. Listen, words are hard. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. The pictures, all right? <laughs> so we ended up doing the there event. There are too many words on the extended website. Yeah, there are too many big words. There are words. no pictures. <laughs> Wait, hold on. If Jamie set can't symbols. read, how did he adhere to it and you didn't? I, I, I sent my deck list to Matt Webster beforehand. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> what do these cards do? Yeah. <laughs> Underst- understanding. <laughs> well, what's really Elm funny a, about that is like you, you basically get to cheat. You get to cheat for for breaking ties in that format because breaking ties in the format is done through identifying obscure foreign cards. Yeah. But you can't read them anyway, so you're just doing it off page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically. <It's> great. <laughs> Anyway, we you know had a good turnout. Seabiscuit ended up toing it and picking up some prize cards. Got them, got a custom stamp to stamp them. So we all ended up with a Urza's Saga Pestilence, and then we got Engineered Plague from Urza's Legacy. You know, it had prize cards. There was also I think Alpha Pestilence, a Beta Pestilence, and yeah. one of the others. Uh, there was what a it was a Plague Bearer. Something like that. Uh, a couple of people got plague bears. A couple of people got engineered plagues. Yeah, but the the alpha and beta pestilences were for first and second place. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a very very cool event. It kind of sparked the interest that we had in trying to do more of these Skype events because we didn't really know how it was going to go. Right. We initially, when I talked with Rich about it, we were like, "This is going to be a complete fucking shit show. It's going to be like nine hours long to play four or five rounds." It actually ended up we played. Five rounds of magic in less than four and a half hours. Yeah, it was it was a pretty blistering pace. It was pretty good. It was it was good. People were reporting. We did ran it through Discord for the pairings. Post your your win losses. Pairings were posted in there. We used whereby.com for the actual games, and we had a, the Alamo City people were nice enough to lend us one of their their rooms on their whereby account, so we could get everybody in it. Yeah, shout out to Mark Brothers and. Yeah, the rest of Alamo City Old School for lending us their whereby. Uh, that was thank really cool. you. We're gonna be we're gonna be setting up our own here soon. Rusty, I'm gonna let you kind of kick this one off as since um, we talked about your your amazing deck brewing skills previously. Yeah, so I played <laughs> so amazing they should and are illegal. <laughs> so I played a red white astral slide with a lightning rift. I included four burning wishes, which apparently is a restricted card. It's like that it is. That's why I only it's not one. apparently it is a restricted card. It's, a, it's also like third on the list if you if you actually look at the yeah, restricted I know. card. I think it, it's like second or third on there. I'm fairly certain let me let me pull this up real quick. I'm fairly certain the list is alphabetical. It is. Yeah, yeah it it's is. Like it, it's alphabetical. Uh, if you you guys are wondering about the format you can find it at hextended.com the list is in fact alphabetical it is not third it is fourth uh, brainstorm is number three but yes you can very clearly see burning wish listed on the restricted list if you're not a total chimp like rusty is yeah but so the deck was basically eternal dragons and exalted angels just kind of cycling around with astral slides and playing some lightning rift a lot of stuff to clear creatures like slice and dice played three wrath of gods main board had a lot of good sideboard options. I think the one I went for the most was Morning Tide, which is a rest, uh, one, one-time rest in peace. Oh, okay. So round one, I played against Zach 5-3. Uh, he played Mono Green Stacks. The Juggernaut! Yeah, it's the Juggernaut, bitch! Yeah, I'm trying to beat the shit out of you. It, uh, it hurts a Yes, lot. it does. That deck is rough. <laughs> uh, I, I got a lot of uh, a lot of Thermocarslaint. 
Carson Lands, and I got mm-hmm. Stunted Growth a bunch, and then he just dropped a Smokestacks on me, and I could never... Stunted Growth is just a rude magic card. Get the cards. Never get the cards, and I got beat in some treetop villages. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. So I got 2 in that one. Round two, I played against Turn and Burn, who was playing a Welder Pile. That deck was really cool. Yeah, so he... It was. It was really bad. It was bad, but it was but cool. But it was really cool. He played Phyrexian Colossus, which was... Uh, mm-hmm. Which was an issue for me game two. Game one, I dropped a lightning rift on him turn two. And he's like, oh, I really am going to die really quick. But I ended up, was able to, game two, keep bouncing his Phyrexian Colossus before it could hit me every turn. He'd keep attacking with it, just bounce it with Astral Slide and stall out enough until I was able to Decree of Justice for a bunch of just 1-1 one, one dudes. Oh, my man, playing Decree of Justice. Or, you know, and then game one, I had an Exalted Angel just keep gaining me life every turn. So I beat him 2-0. Round three, I played against Hagen. Seems good. He was playing four-color Goblin Bombardment with Veteran Explorer and Krovacan Horror. That deck was so sweet. He went turn one, Veteran Explorer, and I played a mountain and Spark Sprayed it to get two more lands where I dropped a Lightning Rift. And then he played another Veteran Explorer the next turn, and I got more lands off of it. And he just gave me too much advantage game one where he couldn't keep up with me. I was cycling through too many cards. And then game two, he dropped a lifeline on me, which is also a really good card with Siege Gang Commander. Oh! <laughs> so he was doing some, like, he made one mistake where I blocked with an Exalted Angel on a 1-1 Goblin Token. And he sacked the Goblin Token to fling it to shotgun at me with the Siege Gang Commander when he was supposed to just let me gain the life and hit me with this and then sack the siege gain commander so end of turn he could get back more goblins and do more damage over time that's beautiful but if he had so just one misplay cost him the game on that one but i mean it, i couldn't get rid of the lifeline to save my life but it was really good would, would you say that you needed a lifeline yeah i did <laughs> that was fucking we got awful. jokes folks <laughs> oh god game four i haven't had enough beer for this shit yet <laughs> Round four, I played against Seabiscuit, who is playing Red Black Goblins, and I have just fisted as my notes. <laughs> I remember definitely Rathagotting like three times in one game, and him just still going, here's more goblins. It just, it just kept dying. I was like, I can't keep up. It just didn't matter. Yeah. Overall, I went two and two. Even I, I couldn't even do well with my cheating deck. It's still bad. You cheating fuck. Listen, it happens sometimes. Well, well game, unlike you, trying. I'm not a scrub and rich was not a scrub so i'm gonna let rich talk about his sheer and utter dominance over you so uh i ended up going three one i played a deck that is near and dear to my heart hailing all the way from onslaught block standard got goblin bidding yes so it is your stereotypical goblins deck circa onslaught for well no 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 so this is this has some stuff that's newer than onslaught but you know the the goblin bidding deck so goblin bidding gets its name from patriarch's bidding which is a five cmc black sorcery that each player chooses a creature type and returns all of the creatures of that type from their graveyard to the battlefield and so what you do is you get a skirk prospector and a goblin sharpshooter in play and you basically machine gun goblins at them with your what is it sharpshooter yeah until you have enough mana to or really really you just sack through your whole board cast your patriarch spitting get them all back do it again kind of the combo kill in the deck but at the end of the day it's also just goblins and so you also just have the beat face and out card advantage the blue decks plan so it's your typical four goblin lackey four pile driver gem palm incinerator goblin matron war chief ringleader 
Like your your typical goblins pile. I I love that deck so much. Goblin grenade. It is only playing three Rishadin ports. And the reason it's only playing three Rishadin ports instead of four is when I ordered the World Championship Rishadin ports off TCG Player, one of the vendors that I'd purchased two from messaged me and said, hey, sorry about that. We only have one. And they refunded me for the card, which was great, but I was too lazy to order a fourth one. So I just play three in, in true hacks fashion. But anyway. You're fucking up, bud. It, it still plays a one of Burning Wish because I can. And yeah, the one. We can, the one, right? We can... Yeah, we can Burning Wish for Goblin War Strike or uh, another Patriarch's bidding. Oh, um, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> so anyway, I went 3-1. Round one, I played against Turn and Burn on his Welder Phyrexian Colossus shit pile. I do have to commend him. <laughs> so we have Thor, who's one of the Tusks, played a... Oh shit, I forgot Thor played. <laughs> the deck that was in... Do what? I forgot to mention that Thor played... Oh, did? I suck. I'm an asshole. Oh, okay. Well, so Thor... So Thor played. Yeah. <laughs> Thor played a a deck at a Hex event that we did at the Northern Stronghold that was survival-based, that did kind of the same Goblin Welder, get Phyrexian Colossus back sort of shenanigans. Matt took kind of a unique approach to it using Entomb and some kind of more interesting choices, trying to have some fun with it. And do something a little unusual. Unfortunately, I think the survival version is just better. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. But. It, yeah. But Matt Matt did. I have to commend him. Like, he did win Spiciest Brew. I mean, he really did. He was mm-hmm. he was trying to push the envelope on what he was capable of doing with yeah. the deck. He had a lot of great synergies. They just sometimes don't line up. I, I don't think it's a bad deck. Yeah. I think it just needs some tuning. And and maybe four survivals. Yeah, and maybe four survivals. <laughs> <laughs> Second round, I got my shit pushed in by Frenchie on Enchantress. I don't know if anyone realizes this, but in the colors red and black, there is still no way to remove enchantments. So when they play Solitary Confinement, you just lose, which is indeed what happened. Both games. Ooh. The second game with... It wasn't just the first one, it was both? Probably the first two minutes of the game. So that round was actually relatively quick. Round three, I played against our good friend Matt Webster, Pig Red. The KSL Lord was packing a deck that's near and dear to his heart. It's a blue-red control list packing Erratic Explosion. So he uses, what is it? Not not Soothsaying, that's the enchantment, but what's... Scroll Rack. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a Scroll Rack engine deck, but there, there was also... What was the one mana, look at the top three, rearrange them... Bad card that Legacy Miracles Portent. was playing for a while. Portent. There we go. So there's Portents, there's Scroll Rack, just manipulating the top of the library such that when he casts Radic Explosion, it always reveals Draco. That's kind of the kill. But I ended up being able to squeak my way in there. Goblins is a really fast deck, and I did not Patriarch's bidding kill anyone, but I did. So what's the first card that you're cutting from your deck? None of them, because this deck's amazing. <laughs> um... <laughs> You asked. I just answered. Round four, final round, I played Brendan Hagen playing that veteran explorer goblin bombardment pile with recurring nightmare and just a whole bunch of like value sack. That deck is so sweet. And I'm really sad that I didn't get to see it go off. But I was also happy because Gabos did the Gabo thing and the little green men were victorious. So that was my event. It was super fun. I ended up making the, uh, was it top eight or top four that we cut? I know I made the cup. It was top four. 
You made top four. Uh, I don't know, not being able to take it all the way. That was, of course, reserved for our illustrious Stacks player, which I think I'll let Jamie get into a little bit here. Yeah. So my tournament, the last time we played a, a hyper event, I played a uh, standstill oath list, which was not great. It needed a lot of tuning. So this time I decided that I was going to go a slightly different route. And I ended up playing like an egg storm list and just crammed as many restricted cards as I possibly could in. So I had Brainstorm, Four Dark Rituals, Demonic Consultation, Duress, Mystical Tutor, Opt, Sleight of Hand, Vampiric Tutor. I was running a Miser's Brain Freeze in the main deck and one on the side. One Burning Wish, because that's the only one I was allowed to play. Four Cabal Ritual, Tinker, Yog Will, Three Tendrils, One Mind's Desire. I was running Petals, Chromatic Sphere, Helm of Awakening, Mind Stone, Memory Jar, Necropotence, Yog Bargain. Um, so just like the full gambit of the restricted cards in the format. Just trying to go as big as possible. I got the idea watching Pig Red play his storm list that was based with LED. And I decided that I wanted to, I, I don't have LEDs, but I, I love playing with Yogwill. It's one of my favorite cards ever printed. So I wanted to see what I could do. I, I put this deck together, kind of started testing it. I played some games with Rusty. Rusty was not too happy when my storm count was essentially infinite after brain freezing myself down to like two cards in library. That line's insane, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, Matt's not running that. My my thought was going big on Yogwill. Well, you're playing eggs more or less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm playing an eggs list. So so my tournament round one, I play against Sean O'Brien on the Rock. Game one, I end up conceding because he duresses me and Cabal therapy. So in the blind, this man Cabal therapies me one hundred percent of the time in the blind in this match does not miss a single one and every time i play duress zero percent hit so game one i concede because he's just basically duressed my whole hand away and i can see the writing on the board that he it's the wall yeah he he i can't really claw my way out with zero cards in hand two tendrils in the yard like three dark rituals cabal rituals in the yard Yogwell was in the yard so it was just done so he took game one game two it starts very similar and i was like holy shit i'm gonna lose two games in a row to the rock i should be winning this and i essentially need like i'm, I'm down to two cards in hand my graveyard is like 20 cards thick and I have enough lands on board, and I think I have one Mind Stone, and I end up top-decking Yogwill was the only way that I could win this with Dark Ritual, Cabal Ritual in hand. I do that. Yogwill go through my whole deck, go through the line, win it. Next game, just had a very quick Tendrils win and win the game that way. So I, I, I will say, though, that just the number of hand disruption spells that I had to play through was the most I've ever played through in any format. I literally had to have it that turn because he probably would have duress or cabal ritualed me the next turn because he had cabal ritual and yard creature on board and just would have been cabal able to therapy. Just, yeah, he just would have been like, yeah, cabal therapy. Sorry, not cabal ritual. You're good. Would have just been able to shred my hand and there was just like, no oh, way. Oh no, he's about to make five mana. Yeah. <laughs> so round two, I play against the Queso Lord on Erratic Explosion. He gets there game one. I get there games two and three off of just being able to storm. I do get to go through the brain freeze line where I brain freeze myself for like 21 with a natural Yogwill in hand and just, you know, storm for a million. Round three, 
I play against George on Goblins. I get game one. He gets game two. Game three, I get like the turn three brain freeze line with like a bajillion black mana. And I think I eventually like had enough Lotus Petals and Yard to like Mind's Desire for like 11. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so round four, I am 3-0. I am playing against the other 3-0 in the tournament, which is motherfucking Zach Wilson playing mono green stacks. You know it, boy. Game one, I get annihilated. Like just hands down, he takes, I, I can't, I, he takes it. He thermocarsts me. He, what is it? Uh, winter's grasps, like just mm-hmm. grinds me out. He plays a uh, stunted yeah, growth. That was game two. Uh, no joke. Deranged, deranged hermit, you know, play, mm-hmm. plays out, gets a bunch of tokens. Just smoke motherfucking stick. yeah just <laughs> destroys me so game two he has kind of a slow start he ends up blowing up my first two lands i think you were watching my match rich it was a little rough yeah he uh plays the green spell that makes me put what three cards back on top of my library stun of growth stun of growth yeah and so i end up drawing back into those three i get enough to go for a tinker line on tinker jar and which normally with this deck is like pretty much 100% you're going to get there because you have enough cantrips. You've got just enough, you know, things to kind of churn through the deck. You hit a top. Yeah, in theory. In theory. Unless what happens, like what happened to me. Rich, do you know what my jar hand was? Uh, Was it seven lands? Very close. Would you like to guess again? No, just tell me. <laughs> it was six lands and a brainstorm. Savage. You know, that card that legacy players are like, just cannot give up the Hindu cow. I play Brainstorm. I hit opt off the top. I opt into another land after bottoming a land. So then I just pass, go to my end step, discard all the all these lands, and proceed to get my shit pushed in. Yeah, it's the juggernaut, bitch! Yeah, Charles, I beat the shit out of you. So instead of having a top four playoff, we decided to just give Zach the win. There were three three ones. It was you, me, and Frenchie. Yeah, and we it, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion how it was going to end up. You just told me, go ahead, play Frenchie. Let's just, the number two and number three the, seed. The pairings would have ended up being myself and Frenchie. Yeah. And Frenchie just pushed my shit in. That, we knew how that match was going to go. Yeah. So I play Frenchie game one. We, we basically nodded two of you into the finals. Yeah. Well... The two and three. It was the number two oh, and right. number you, three seat yeah. playing. So I end up game one just getting blown out. He ends up playing. God, what's the white enchantment where it's like you can't be targeted. You have hexproof basically. Oh, it's solitary. Solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. So he plays that. Yeah. The the one that fucks goblins day. <laughs> yeah. So I concede. We go to game two. I am just churning through my deck we're getting towards the end and i know that i have chain of vapor in my deck and i don't realize that i need to bounce two of his permanents with chain of vapor and i missed the line wasn't wasn't going to be able to get through it but i'm down to basically zero cards in deck everything in graveyard yog will i think storm is at like 28 and then i realize i can't win it because off of a demonic consultation i had exiled one of my chain of vapors and you know what burning wish doesn't get rich uh, it doesn't get cards in exile. Yeah, actually, it does in this format. It doesn't get instance. It doesn't get <laughs> <Sure>. instance. <laughs> also true. 
<laughs> so I end up losing. Frenchie takes second, but I end up being the highest placing hack, which felt good for some redemption based off of. It's a little of, like being the most civilized monkey in the zoo. Yeah, let's be fair. Yeah, it's the only. I'm the only one that doesn't throw my own shit. I throw other people's. You know, it, it felt good. I had such a bad outing with tournaments that we've had in the past and had a good showing. I, I do need to make some tweaks to this deck. I'm going to, I think, live with it for a little while. I'm not going to pull it out a lot because it really was just hard to pilot Storm without LED that all day long. The deck is very good. It just, the lines are so tight. Minor misplays can cost you the game. Playing against Sean, I, if he had had Force of Will, would have beat me. You know, he's playing the Rock, so obviously doesn't have blue, but I ended up playing a bunch of my like generic black spells instead of playing Helm of Awakening first. I played all of those and then played, played Helm of Awakening. And it had he had any sort of interaction on the first spell, I would not have been able to win the game. So I will be writing uh, an article, maybe even a book soon, understanding Helm of Awakening. <laughs> you know, really need to understand that card. It's It's a very difficult card to understand. But uh, I had a good outing. I had I enjoyed the tournament. It was a lot of fun. Infinitely harder to understand when you can't read it. Why do you fuckers always make fun of the fact that I can't read? Because you can read and we're just giving you shit. <laughs> anyway, you think I can read. I just fake it really well. You can read music. That is true. That is true. For whatever that's worth. We had a great turnout. Had a great time. But we did have an F&M two weeks after that. We decided to... Do another throwback format, since that's something that we like, the Tusks like. So we ended up doing a Legacy 606 event. So Rich, do you want to explain what Legacy 606 is? Sure. And kind of what the differences are between Modern Legacy and Legacy 606. Because there are some logistical differences between the formats. Very, very much so. So Legacy 606 gets its name. 606 is June of 2006. One of the things is significant about that date is it removes everything after uh i, th I think it's time spiral on right no it's, it's cold snap or a cold snap okay so uh no dark depths no counterbalance no counterbalance that was they they wanted to be able to play sensei's divining top without having to deal with the counterbalance so block. just on an, a side note this is actually this is matt webster's brainchild this is his format yes. that he has created but sorry uh, just wanted to give him credit for that because obviously oh, a, lot of, a lot of thought went into this. No worries. We were going to get there. So Matt Webster of Team Tusk is the progenitor Legacy 606. And uh, there's a ban list. I don't have the sheet in front of me right this second, but there is a notable ban list at this point. Uh, I believe the ban list for Legacy was still tied. Was this? No, it, it wasn't still tied to the vintage restricted list at this point, was it? Well, it is like things like power, things like that are restricted. I, got, I have the ban list in front of me. There was there was a period of time where 1.5, if it was restricted in vintage, it was banned in 1.5. Yeah, there there are very few differences. Yeah, in this format between that, Cause Rusty, what uh, what were some of the the differences? I know that you you just looked it up. Well, so I ha actually have it up on screen. So out of some of the notably legal cards, you get Mystical Tutor, Top, uh, Survival of the Fittest, Illusionary Mask, and Shahrazad. Shahrazad was actually legal for this one. Interesting. Notably banned, we have Black Vice, Dream Halls, Entomb, Grim Monolith. Land Tax, Metalworker, Replenish, Time Spiral, World Gorger Dragon, and Mind Over Matter. Which is really unfortunate for me. Everybody uh, knows me and knows 
that I'm a mud mage at heart. And so seeing metal workers sitting on a ban list is a very sad and mournful event for me. Yeah, it definitely makes playing just like colorless stacks very, very difficult without that card. But anyway, uh, one thing that we did notice uh, when we were trying to theorycraft and build for this format is the exclusion of Time Spiral Block in particular is problematic (laughs) for, for trying to use any sort of modern magic as a scaffolding. <laughs> because I cannot tell you, it, it was, Rusty, remind me, it was you, Turn and Burn, and me yep. on Whereby for probably four or five hours, hours one night. Yeah. Uh, just going over decks of yesteryear and what we can do with them. And even looking up like competitive decks from the time and going, oh, we can't play that because Grape Shot wasn't legal or like. <laughs> Something like that. More often than not, when it was me, it was Grape Shot. <laughs> the, the, the fact that Grape Shot or, like Grape Shot or Empty the Warrens didn't exist yet made 90% of the stupid combo piles that I was looking at unplayable. Because we were, we were looking at Coco Pebbles. We were we were looking at all sorts of nonsense. Now, you, you could play Full English Breakfast. I think we decided you could play that. You, could, you could play Full English Breakfast. It was not very good. You could... Terragen was available to you. There was an eggs list of some sort that I'd found that I'd bookmarked and I didn't tell you guys about <laughs> because I wanted to put it together, but then I ended up not being able to play the event. So I'll I'll let you guys talk about the uh, the event. I did pop in a little bit to say hey. Well, so what one other difference is that damage does use the stack and we mm, also yes. have mana burn in this format. So it does keep those rules. Wishes can also pull cards from exile as well as the sideboard. I'm going to start with my tournament report. Fuck you, Rusty. <laughs> I, I'm a very lazy magic player sometimes, and I, I brew a lot in a lot of formats. And for this one, I was just like, fuck it, man. We're just going to we're gonna pull up Old Faithful, and we're going to play lands. I started with some of the old like 43 lands lists. And just kind of was going through the old articles on the source and seeing where people had started with those. So I built my list a little different than some of them. A lot of the decks at that time were not running Mox Diamond. Gambles in the deck, sometimes Burning Wish is in it, sometimes it's not. So I ended up running a Mox Diamond Burning Wish list where I was also running a one of like Miser's Crucible of Worlds in the main deck. You love that card. I do love that card so much. Um, It's a pet card of mine. I know. Yeah, Exploration and Mana Bond. I'm running four Exploration, two, two Mana Bond. So the deck is centered around, it's got a Barbarian Ring combo to win. You've got Life from Alone as your engine. You've got Gamble to find it. Burning Wish to find sideboard cards. But not Punishing Fire. You don't get Punishing Fire. You don't have Grove during this. So mm-hmm. my sideboard, I've got the Firebolt, Naturalize, and Ray of Revelation as cards to get with Burning Wish. My win conditions are Barbarian Ring, Mishra's Factory. I have a one of Nantuko Monastery. And I've got four treetop villages as well. The deck is capable of doing things like the Glacial Chasm Lock. Uh, it has four ports, four Mazavith, four factories. So different than the modern lands list that we're used to seeing. My sideboard was also running four Chalice of the Void, one Engineered Explosives, two Zern Orb. So I, I think if I was going to rebuild the deck kind of after this, I probably wouldn't run Chalice. I would probably be running Sphere of Resistance because I just, I think the card is better. I agree. Than Chalice in this format. Chalice is very good, but with the metagame being us and the Tusks, Chalice <laughs> is not going to do a whole hell of a lot. 
No, because half the fields is playing decks that probably play Chalice. Yes, yes. So in the tournament, I end up playing... Round one, I play Sean O'Brien, who is playing Angel Stompy. And he makes me go... God bless that man. He makes me go ass to ass with uh, an angel, which is not pleasant. Ass to ass. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we going to do now? So round two, I 2-0 by. Round three, I play against Frenchie, who is on standstill. I 2-0 Frenchie. Round four, I play I play Thor, who is 3-0. I get the pair up and I 2-0 him. So somehow, some way on breaker math, I end up winning the first Legacy 606 event. So I can actually put that on my resume as a magic player of that i won oh yeah you you for sure put that in your twitter profile yeah like right you're supposed you're supposed to put your high profile finishes i don't know i don't that's, actually that's what all the cool kids are doing right i actually don't know how to do that it, it's it's okay it's it's for for <laughs> you actually helped me set up my twitter profile so did i really anyway yes oh, okay anyway that's no, for it's for blowhards and basement dwellers so yeah. don't don't do that <laughs> So anyway, called shot. <laughs> I ended up, I ended up winning the event. The interesting thing was that there was no deck that was four zero. Um, we had what I think five three ones, which five players with three really ones. shows the sign of a very healthy format mm-hmm. at this point. So it's a very cool thought process too, because it 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 makes you think differently because so many stalwarts of me- of modern legacy are by the wayside and even very powerful strategies of the time couldn't be played. Yeah. So it, it, it made you think very differently in order to be successful. Yeah. The, the deck that I ended up playing, I think was my fifth or sixth iteration of lands. I had been going back and forth with Matt Webster about it quite a bit as far as, so my initial list was not legal because I was like, Oh, worm harvest. Awesome. Going to win with that. Card. And yes, that's not legal in the format by a long shot so you know things happen but it was it was a great event i'm really actually enjoy this way more than modern legacy because there's no there's no planeswalkers you don't have ponder you don't have fucking preordain there's only five fetches so it really challenges there's no skill game chimpasis no no skill name chimpasis no gristle chimp it really challenges you as a deck builder to build inside of a format that you think you know but it's actually completely different, like you were saying, is like not having mm-hmm. access to cards that you're used to seeing. So anyway, so Rusty, you uh, you know, were playing some jank as always. So what were you on? Yeah, man. I was playing Survival. For those of you who don't know, I played at GP Atlanta this past year. I played a really, really bad deck. Oh, it was a shit pile. So most used to be a deck, Mom Opposition, Survival, Treadwind Rider. But so going back to this, uh, I decided I wanted to play Survival since uh, I'm a big fan of just doing jank creature things with survival i think it's a really great card it is fun so i originally was going to build a trick a most list and i was like well pith and needles legal and that makes that whole deck just nothing so i eventually switched around and played a more aggro version of survival with root wallace and nimble mongoose but my own spice is i played some ninjas in there as well Ooh. so you had it was like a one of it was like a ninja of the deep hour played a throat slitter a skull snatcher okava gang shinobi and also had some of the good stuff like like genesis and mystic snake and wonder i played a crobican horror <laughs> that's so fucking cool yeah no it was a sick list <laughs> so it's very synergistic because you can attack with a root walla 
uh, ninjutsu it back to your hand. Pitch it again to survival. It goes back on the... Gives you some cool loop arounds. Whew, I do declare. <laughs> I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> I also played... Um, I only played three survival. I feel like four was good enough. I did play some mana leaks as well, as long with, along with uh, Umazawa Jite, because that card is just gross. I will say, sideboard-wise, there's just a lot of just no graveyard for you madness going on with, like, some duresses and stuff. So, round one, I had to buy, because originally we talked about starting at 7 o'clock, because Jamie would have had to work, and then it was like, oh, no, we're fine, we're going to start at 6 o'clock. 6.06. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, Jamie, I'm going to be late, I'm still making dinner. So, he gave me the... You guys, uh, you guys should have taken my, uh, my suggestion for start time. Oh, I agree. Yeah, 7.06, because it's 6.66. That'll be the next one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so he told me, he's like, you get the round one buy, but you can't win it. I was like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so round two, uh, I played Frenchie, who was playing Standstill, who I can never beat for some reason. Standstill was very hard, difficult for me. I didn't see a single survival to finish either game against him. Rip. So I was just kind of sitting there with, you know, some root wallas that I have to pay green for to put on the field. <laughs> <laughs> the old one mana one one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, playing just a werebear just to have mana. Cause I got oh, oh now. that's so uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty rough, I'm not gonna lie. So I got two of I played werebear as a mana dork. <laughs> game two I played against Turn and Burn on his welder pile. I feel bad game one. Uh I mold to five but had a Skull Snatcher in my opening hand. If you don't know what it does, it costs one and a black, which Ninjitsu's for a black. It's a 2-1, and when it hits you, you exile two cards from that player's yard. Oh, no. So I played two lands and played the dude. No, I played a, a forest oh, no. and a Rootwalla. Oh, no. He went, he went Welder, and I went... Welder real bad. <laughs> and Ninjitsu did the, the graveyard dude, and he's like, I can't win this game. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, game two, we both kept hands of seven, but he had the most unfortunate luck of every time he gambled for a welder, he discarded a welder. <laughs> so he was just playing really bad artifacts. He knows that's the trick with, with gamble and lands, right? You, you pitch the card, you search you're, for it. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to <laughs> search for something you want to pitch. I, don't, I just had enough graveyard hate with Phyrexian Furnaces and uh, Tormod's Crypt, and I played a Nazumi Grave Robber as well. So it was very difficult for him to get anything off the board, so I ended up winning 2-0. And then round four, I played against Pig Red, who is, uh, if you were to make the deck name from a modern standpoint, he was playing Blue Moon. So he's playing Isochron Scepters with Fire and Ice and Counterspell, Blood Mooning Dew. Oh. It, uh, it was pretty rough, I'm not going to lie. Isochron Scepter with Orem's Chant on it might be one of my single favorite things. <laughs> Game one, he, um, Vildalkin shackled a werebear from me and was able to- Atta boy. And then was able to, it was big enough to block anything I ever had coming at him. <laughs> <laughs> And then game two, he landed the turn two Blood Moon, and I was just like, I can't play around this. I fucking love Vidalkin Shackles. <laughs> I had all black cards in my hand. So, Rusty, what you're saying is you died to Blood Moon? I died to Blood Moon. He died to Blood Moon. <laughs> Overall, I really enjoyed it. I had brewed two other decks that I was ready to also play as well. Uh, I re really enjoyed brewing this deck that uh, uh, Rich and I brewed was like a Cloudstone Curio Alluring deck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that pile's amazing. With like Spark Mage Apprentice and Gitu Slinger. <laughs> that sounds so awesome. It, it's, it's very bad, <laughs> but it's also amazing. 
So uh, since we uh, we brought up Dying to Blood Moon, that's a really great segue into our next topic, which is the uh, Corona Cup Skype tournament. It's Corona time. All right. Well, speaking of Blood Moon. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Blood Moon. Jamie, how do you feel about Blood Moon, especially in old school? And he died to Blood Moon. I don't want to get into it yet. We'll he get there. He got his ass kicked. <laughs> so Rusty and I played some old school in Texas. Well, well, kind of. We kind of played in Texas. Yeah. We played with people in Texas. Seabiscuit uh, played as well. Seabiscuit did play as well, so we got an invite to the Corona Cup as a team. Not everybody was able to participate, just kind of based on what's going on. Was it uh, was it Alamo City or was it... It was Alamo City. Desert Twisters. It was Alamo City. It was Alamo City. So we got an invite from the Alamo City guys. Uh, shout out to Mark Brothers, as always, for uh, you know letting us uh, jam and party with you guys. It was a lot of fun. And for being one of the sexiest men in old school. He is a very pretty bald guy. He is, he is quite attractive. So... <laughs> Anyway, whew, I'm getting a hard on right now. Uh, it was it was a, a Skype tournament that was essentially set up so that there were two. You would play two pods and then a cup a cut to uh, top eight. So the pods were three matches each, and I'll let Rusty, since he's a scrub, talk about his tournament. Listen, all right, I'll talk about it. I, I wouldn't say I'm scrubbing it over here. Right before you do that, I do want to note, I actually really, really like that tournament format. Yeah. It's very, like, World Cup-esque. I really, really like that. Yeah, I'm debating if we have a bigger Skype event later this year for Vintage or something like that. I definitely think we still We're going to do, like, a a Vintage Cup, I think. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Jamie, in my opinion, got the luckier week two, but I'll go over that. So our first group... My first pod, Jamie and I were in the same pod with Nick from uh, Alamo City and a guy named Ben from Diamond Valley Deals. I played my first game against Nick. He was on a mono red prison list. Mm. Uh, game one, uh, he played a lot of creature interaction. Oh, sorry. I'm playing four-color channel Fireball. I played almost no creature. Same list as you normally play? Yeah. Yeah, that pile is awesome. All but white. Yeah, it's a good deck. I play two creatures. They're just birds i found some tweaks i need to make some cards that really i've had a lot of issues with so round one i put uh, my first game I played nick i'm on a red prison he played a bunch of creature like stuff like meek stone and i think he and like just a lot of cards that didn't interact with me because all i was playing was burn spells and stuff to help me find channel fireball he did end up playing a ball lightning on me but it wasn't enough uh, i ended up winning that game uh game two he mulled the six and i kept a decent amount of lands i would say I knew he was siding into Blood Moon, so I put in my Shivan Dragon, all of Jamie, a bunch of other stuff to help me with that. Uh, he ended up throwing down a Blood Moon turn three. I had to strip mine out. I decided to strip one of his basic mountains just to get a land while I was able to. Uh, I then was able to drop Chaos Orb the next turn, and I blew up another. I blew up another one of his lands with the Orb instead of the Blood Moon, putting him down to only one land on a Red Prison list, knowing that I had enough burn in my deck to just outlast him with red cards. It wasn't going to put me at a severe disadvantage, and he just wasn't able to come back from it. So I was able to pick up a 1-0 after the first round. Atta boy, Rusty with the Ponza play. Hell uh, yeah. Next, I played against Jamie with his no bad cards lands. There's no bad cards a lot of really bad cards in that deck. <laughs> There's a lot of bad cards. So game one, I mulled to five. I remember getting a strip mined to Oblivion, dying to factory. And game two, kept a full hand of seven. I got mind twisted for five. Then I had to um, time twister him into more cards in order to try to get back into the game. 
and I just got stripped out even further. So it was very difficult for me to keep up with them. And I lost two out of that one, putting me at one and one. And then I played Ben from Diamond Valley Deals for my third game. What I got he was playing was Sword of Ages combo. I think it's the closest I can kind of get to a deck he was playing. Uh, I've got a different note, but I'll let you talk about it. Uh, so Sword of Ages is a six drop artifact that when you tap it, you can sacrifice any number of creatures and deal damage equal to their power to a player. So he was playing a lot of mana dorks, some juggernauts, stuff like that. Game one, I had played literally every piece of power multiple times, even in some cases. He spirit linked a juggernaut at one point, but it, he still just got ranched because I was able to just get so much advantage off of that. Uh, game two. Uh, he molded to five where he had one land and two dudes. I strip mined him and bolted his dudes, and he didn't draw a land in 10 turns and conceded. So I ended up winning that one 2 1. Sorry, I ended up winning at 2 0, putting me at 2 1. At that, at this point, we got paired based on how we finished. So the person who got first in your bracket went into the top pod, who got second got put in the second pod, and so forth, falling down. So I got paired into the top pod, which I disagree with. I think Jamie should have gotten the top pod since he beat me on tiebreakers, but it is what it is. Uh, so I played with uh, Simon, Joseph, and Paul. Simon, who is MTG Misprint, was playing uh, No Green Card Stuff, is kind of how he explained it. Basically, it's a lot of X4s uh, with just a control side, trying to play just an Esper control list. Um, so he ended up playing some Serendibs. I was able to eventually find a wheel, and I was able to channel, channel Fireball him for a win. Game two, I molded the six. Um, I had almost the turned one combo in my hand so i played a bazaar and i tried to draw into it and then just didn't get there and and it got beat by a, a factory and some serendibs i got armageddon on like turn four um, Oof. and just was not able to come back from that one that's rough uh game game three he dropped uh a turn two serendib but a turn four or turn three derogor i think is what it's called uh it's a a four drop four drop four four that says your black cards cost an additional black to ca to cast uh but when you're just playing firebolts and chain lightnings you, you can't you can't kill them end up losing that one um so i lost two one uh, putting me at two two i then played joseph kendall who was playing got mono red goblins very clean player game one i mold to five keeping a hand to keep me on interaction with anything i expected to play and he went turn one goblins of the flark and i'm like all right i'm dead <laughs> uh, and just got fisted uh game two he played a turn two blood moon and a, it wasn't too setback i ended up dropping an abyss uh making him so he could keep creatures on the board the turn after i played abyss i drew a shivan dragon and i was just stuck with a shivan dragon in my hand for most of the game because i couldn't play it or it'd die then we got to enough lands and burn spells where i was ahead and i was going to cast a fireball to kill him the next turn but then he wheeled me out of my fireball into all blue and green cards um, and then he was able to fireball me to, me for the game. So he won that one uh, 2-0, putting me at 2-3. And then for my final game, I played uh, Paul, who was playing 5-color Atog. I mulled to 6 game 1. I got twisted to 1 card, which was uh, a fireball. I just couldn't get there. Uh, game 2, I dropped a turn 1 Energy Flux, um, making it a little more difficult for him to play through. We had, uh, But eventually I was stripped out of the game and he just played factories and just beat me in the face with them and up losing put me at two four i will note that everyone i lost to ended up making top eight spoiler rusty sucks and i don't <laughs> so my tournament rusty i will say I, I i do respect your build you have beat me many times with that 
and we'll, we'll our matchup's pretty fair my my tournament my first match that i played was against nick nick is a red player at heart um he's played kobolds goblins uh you played him as well he was on kind of a red prisony fireball kind of thing ball lightning. yeah ball lightning i just want to take this moment to say i fucking love kobolds yeah yeah, no, he's a G. The deck's amazing. He's a G. He plays Kobolds. So game one, he gets there. Um, it was close. Uh, the final life totals were seven to two before he he tapped me out. Game two, I get there off of just like being able to strip mine and icy manipulator, just kind of drawing cards with relic barrier, howling mine. I have the final life total. I was at seven and just ground him down eventually from like thirteen to zero. Game three, I had one of my favorite games of magic where i fucking died of blood moon <sighs> so we're gonna end up playing that clip a lot during this episode aren't we <laughs> yep. and i died of blood moon so my second game that i played i played against rusty my notes say strip mine is a good card <laughs> um because we're not bitches like the new england old school people just kidding i do love you D- dave Firthbard, but and dj and ian Shut up. I don't know those people. There's a there's a short list of you. Well, I, I know DJ, but <laughs> anyway, the rest of you are a bunch of cowards. So Rusty and I played uh, game one. Rusty did get me down to two. It was a really, really close game. It came down to fireballs. I think I ended up getting there with a factory game one. Yeah. Game two, it was pretty one-sided after I, I think I strip-mined you once or twice. I want to... Twice. My first two lands. And then you, it took you a couple turns to do it. I remember just apologizing profusely. And then I eventually just like, I think I just fireballed you out of the game. Yeah, after I time twisted and you reset your hand. Yeah, I think I had channel fireball in hand or something like that and just was able to yeah. close it out. So my third match Rip. of the of the first pod was against Ben from Diamond Valley Deals. He so I actually didn't see the like sort of the ages thing. I just saw like green cards, red cards, and juggernauts. So game one, he gets there off of a channel fireball when uh, I was at thirteen. I had swords something to put him at twenty, and he was just able to like close it out. It was a real grindy game. Game two, I got there. I ground him down to like one with bolts and factories, and just finally got there with a fireball uh, to take him from seven to zero. And then game three, I ended up fireballing. I, I want to say that was a real, just like, again, like a strip mine game where I was able to just kind of control what he had on his side of the board. Yeah, yeah, I watched that one. It was rough. It was rough. I mean, so anybody that has seen my deck, it is a non-blue control deck that is very punishing. And I try to find very small percentages off of being able to slow you down by a turn. If it gives me like a 0.5% percentage in the game. I'm just trying to add those up over time to increase my win percentage with bolts, fireballs, and factories. So Rusty ended up in in the higher pod. I ended up in the lower pod. So going into my pod, I was 2-1. So my first match of the next pod, I was playing against David. Super, super nice guy. He was kind of playing a, a brew. I don't remember exactly what it was 
in game one, I get there with factory and fireballs. Uh, game two, I literally take no damage and just beat him with dragon, factory, and, and fireball. You know, just being able to slam a shivan dragon when no one see, they don't see creatures at all game one, it, it's just really hard for a lot of decks to come back from. That sideboard shivan dragon's insane. Yeah, well, I have, a, I have a Sarah Angel in there as well. So, I mean, it's just... It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen you do when someone drops a blood moon. Yeah. Is just like tap six. Yeah. Dragon all <laughs> yeah. Tap six Shiv and Dragon, and they Listen, you just watch their butt all go. <laughs> I think it's just like, yeah, it is that good. I mean, it Rusty can tell you. I mean, you just win games sometimes when somebody blood moons you and you've got a dragon and you're just like, Cool, I'm gonna beat you to death. As long just as long as you don't play your abyss out first. Yeah, I've done that before yeah, on accident. That's problematic. So next round I played against Andy, super, super nice guy. Um I ended up dying to uh the rack in two games, basically. Um, just could not dump my hand fast enough. Game two, I dealt him literally no damage. Um, and then I play against our boy, Mark brothers in my third match in the pod. So Mark and I, our lists are similar in some ways. We're both running howling mines, relic barriers, ICs. He's a little more heavy on the, uh, Titania song package. I run a one of, and I'm running a lot of burn spells in my deck. Um, so I lean more on the burn. We jokingly were like, we're going to have a three hour match. It ended up being two games over an hour and a half. Um, and they, they were just wars all the way across. Um, he ends up getting game one. He was at six. I was at five. He ends up being able to close it out with a, uh, Titania song alpha strike. Um, game two, he has a ivory tower is able to like get up to 26 and just, able to kind of just grind me out. I was totally mana screwed that game, you know, and it happens. Sometimes you just have that variance where you keep a hand with, you know, one or two lands. You hope you get there. I'm playing, I think 23 or 24 lands, not including that's not mana sources, like legit lands in my deck. Um, and just didn't see enough of them. You know, it was, it was a, uh, it was a good match though. I, I, it's the first time Mark and I have played outside of a bar while completely shithoused at like, midnight in pittsburgh so it was a lot of fun to finally kind of square off with him because we have different different takes on how to build kind of the the howling mine relic barrier decks so i like rusty said and i have a third take which i think is better yeah i know whatever (laughs) so i end up making top eight my first round of top eight i'm playing against joseph who rusty played against i'm sorry joseph i'm gonna say this now but rusty and i talked for about an hour and a half about how to play the match i end up getting their game one just hardcore on the control route drawing tons of cards off of howling mines with relic barriers out and sylvan library i've just grind him out of the game game two it's really close i mull i mull to six he ends up getting there uh off of um strip mine taking me off of any removal able to just blow me out of the game also a blood moon and i died to blood moon and game three. Oh, so game two actually on my mull uh, I do have COP red in play, and I only have one mana source after he has strip mined me enough. Just cannot like keep up with the onslaught. I just draw no white sources, no red sources to like bolt the goblins or swords them anything. No wrath of God, no abyss, no balance. Game three, I we we have uh, I mulled to four. Oh no, that was game two. I mulled to four. Game three, um, I have a hand again where. It's kind of insulated from Blood Moon. I have Dragon in hand. I feel like, hey, I can possibly close this game out. I end up having Fireball in hand. He has two goblins on the board. 
I'm at 14. He, I think, is at like 10 or 11. He lands a blood moon and I'm like, cool, awesome, dragon, go. And I don't, I just like slam it without thinking. I He has Goblin King and like Balloon Brigade or one of the other 1-1 one, one goblins. And I have Fireball in hand and I should have Fireballed and killed both the goblins because I have enough mana to Fireball, mm-hmm. split the damage, you know, yeah. deal to kill, to kill them both. He on the next turn, and I, I just want to say in hand, I literally have lethal next turn between the dragon attack and Fireball. Mm-hmm. And he goes, swing for four. All right, cool, I go to 10. Goblin grenade, goblin grenade, and I'm tapped out. Yeah. So them's the beats. Yeah. So you know, it, it was it was a close game. I was really fucking salty. He was a super nice guy. I, I did apologize to him because I'm anybody that knows me knows that I get really salty over losing to Blood Moon. I just fucking hate that card. If you haven't noticed on the podcast, the I died to Blood Moon thing happens a lot. So yeah. Which is, is really, really funny to me because I love playing Blood Moon. Yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> I think we have, like, four people who play and that, And I think that's yeah. why I just play against it so often is the problem. You know, I mean, if it was, like, once every, you know, 20, 30 games, instead it's, sure. like, once every time every we game. have a tournament. <laughs> and I, I would I would love to say that I'm sorry, but I'm not, so I'm not going to. Yeah, fuck you, Rich. So kind of getting into the closing half of this episode this is a long one and we apologize so a lot of people are starting to realize skype magic is a thing this is nothing new welcome to what old school has been doing for years yes welcome to the club <laughs> guys like dave firth bard have hosted you know 70 80 person tournaments on skype so mm-hmm. you know the thing is we might not be able to play in person i personally will never buy into mtgo because i refuse to buy a digital copy of Same. a card that i already own so I, that and the program's atrocious. Yeah, I, I mean, I just... Well, it's also not Mac compatible, so fuck Wizards. They've been saying for a decade it was going to be Mac compatible, yeah. but... And, yeah, they've, they've, they said the same thing when they announced Arena, and I was like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, sure, I'll believe it when I see it. Guess what's still not Mac compatible. So, you know, it's not a new thing, but the thing is, you know, if you've got a play group of friends, you know, play test group of friends that you like playing with, fire up some Skype. Uh, Rusty and I ended up playing with my nephew who, last night, who knew player, he's about 10 years old he started playing when he was about eight eight and a half real sharp kid sharp player he's just getting into commander and he doesn't care he'll jam his you know standard slash pioneer deck against an old school you gotta show him the light you don't let him play commander come on well you know i'm not gonna tell a 10 year old kid not to follow his dreams um but we've we've decided he doesn't like moat. He doesn't like moat. So he also doesn't like chaos orb. <laughs> <laughs> so I've decided as a group that we need to make him the youngest prospect we've ever had. He may have to prospect for the next eleven years, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you. I I think one of the uh, qualifications for membership is you, being eighteen or older. Being twenty one. <laughs> twenty one. Or twenty one. Yeah. So he's got eleven well, years to prospect, but. I've, 18 if you're in Europe. I, I think that we're going to we're gonna <laughs> send him some old school cards, give him like a chaos confetti, and like kind of get him going a little bit on some old school because he genu- genuinely likes the older cards. Like Rusty didn't. Oh, what a great kid. Yeah, Rusty opened some cards on camera in front of him, and, and so did Matt, and he was just like, oh, oh, I know that card. And like, you know, he's. I, com- and like I showed him when I got my Lotus. He knew what it was. Oh. I mean, he was like, oh, it's a black Lotus. I love that card. Yeah. You know, so, you know, super cool kid. Um, <laughs> and then you're just like, hey, here's mine as a coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that when <laughs> I play. I literally had it on the coaster. There was one time I, I, I laid out my deck. He's like, that's a lot of cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's good to kind of get those those future generations, keep them playing too. So, yeah. you know, if you have nieces or nephews that, 
you know, are at home, they're not at school, teach them how to play, you know, and send them some cards. It, it It's a lot of fun. We had a blast. We're actually going to do like, I think, a four-man commander game with him next week. They won't have money for drugs. It'll be perfect. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things kind of that, that I've been thinking about lately um, is the kind of the future of paper magic with um, the coronavirus thing, because obviously there's a possibility that the standard format that we have right now doesn't exist when this is finally over Mm -hmm. and you know how that's going to affect wizards with Hasbro leaning on them so hard for sales. You know, I just don't see Ikoria or Ikoria, whatever it's going to be, whatever it's, however it's pronounced um, selling that well without, you know, pre-releases or standard people being able to be in the stores. Yeah. I just don't see like, I want a I want a Godzilla Death Corona. Like I, I want that. And then I I want some of these goddamn Godzilla lands. I don't know why I want them, but they have Godzilla and I want them. Oh Godzilla. Oh Godzilla. I just wonder about the future of paper magic and I'm just kinda curious what you guys think. I know like like us, we're kinda keeping it alive because mm-hmm. we're playing the formats we love, but what do you guys think? Well, so the way that we closed off our our last episode, kind of you know, a little belligerently reminding people to wash their hands and not be nasty that that's something that you know i i'm glad that a lot of people are doing more now but i think should have they should have been doing for a long time at this point you know just i i think we're going to see a lot of fundamental shift in what what you'd term the social contract so instead of people like i i i think fundamentally we as americans have you know, shaking hands as a sign of respect and stuff like that. I'm not sure that that will continue after this simply because of just responsibility and cleanliness. Whether or not uh, that's necessary, I don't know. I'm by no means an epidemiology expert, but I could see a lot of fundamental behaviors changing in light of everything that's been going on. So it's even if months from now, and at this point it is looking like it's going to be months from now, People are once again playing magic in the same room again. I don't know how things are going to be. You know, we we didn't really get into it a whole lot in anything that actually made it into the cast last month. It, there wasn't a whole lot that actually made it, made it off the cutting room floor. It's going to be interesting to see how all of this shakes out. I think with the advent of just digital technologies and... Like, like we're seeing with a lot of Skype magic, I could see like online sales being able to bolster Hasbro. Um, but I do see the likelihood of a lot of beloved local game stores across the country, around the world, probably closing. Yeah. They're small businesses. They don't have very strong margins. And all it, uh, a lot of them are one stiff breeze away from closing their doors for forever. So, well, one of the things that I that I have seen and and I was talking with uh uh Matt Webster about this. So, he he got sent um uh some cards that weren't the correct edition and he offered to send them back on TCG and the store owner that on the storefront that was selling literally said we're going to be closed in 2 months, just keep it and refunded the money. Holy shit. <laughs> So I'm not saying this is every store. I feel like that there are stores like Atomic is probably going to do well because a lot of their sales are in uh, comic books. I think that places like Get Some Game in Charlotte, because it's not something the Fortners, they own the property. You know, they're not leaning on the sales to go home and pay their mortgage. You know, they have other jobs. Right. 
But I do think that there are a majority of stores, we can see as many as like 30 to 40% of local game stores close. And I think a lot of it too is that even if they're doing these curbside sales and things like we've seen online where they're like, hey, you know, we're still selling singles, we're still selling boxes and stuff. Their cut is so low from Wizards now on a box. Like, okay, that $7 Mm -hmm. isn't keeping the lights on. Right. You know, and I, I really do worry about the future of paper magic. I, I know arena has, has blown up since this has started, you know, the arena leagues and things like that. Uh, MTGO use is up and paper magic sales are way down. The pri- We've all seen kind of the price of a lot of staples start to really sink. Maybe not to the point where like, Hey, the sky is falling, but like we're seeing a shrinking of the market on a lot of uh, paper cards. And I don't think the sky is falling on that. And we see it in the existence of old school Skype magic uh, well before any of this was ever a thing. Events like we held with Legacy 606. It was 13 people showing up to play an online event in a format that a handful of people half-ass thought up in a moment of boredom, just as a thought experiment. As long as there are willing players, it'll exist. Not to, you know bum a cliche phrase from field of dreams if you build it they will i'm saying more of like the future of cards being printed in paper sure are we going to get to a point where this does affect wizards like saying hey we're we're not going to print the next set in paper until after we can sell boxes in person so i have an interesting take on that and it's it's born out of something that uh ian McEwen said on Uh, The Dead Format. Shout out to him and Tom, by the way. I love your podcast. And it was talking about old school. And, you know, the the namesake of their their podcast is, you know, the whole concept that legacy is a dead format or, or a dying format or something like that. And Ian really is into old school. And one of the things that he said about playing old school and getting together in bars with people is he's seen into the abyss of what exists after organized eternal magic. And I'm okay with it. Well, so the thing is, is like, yes, old school would still be a thing, but let's say vintage, legacy, modern, pioneer, standard, mm-hmm. all just go away. I don't think they go. Well, I, I don't think all of them go away. Pioneer, standard, maybe modern, almost assuredly, but legacy and vintage, I don't think they'll go. Most of the, the gameplay is community driven for both of those, in my opinion. Right. I agree. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, but I'm saying is like the, the cash cow that wizards relies on. Mm-hmm. They're not making tons of money off of you and I, I have not bought sealed product or even a booster pack in probably since cons of Tarkir. I am going to buy that secret layer Godzilla lands. Cause fuck you guys. I want Godzilla lands. I bought a, a bundle. Oh, no, I did buy booster packs for shit draft, but they were old booster packs. Yes, they were. So we, we put money into our LGSs yeah. where the money belongs. But yeah, I mean, it just, it, it's an interesting thought experiment to think about that magic could become, mm-hmm. the future of magic may be a digital product. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I will still drunkenly play Underworld Dreams with my friends and it'll be great. If you can call what you do plain, sure. <laughs> Fuck you, Jamie. <laughs> so Rusty, do you have any thoughts on this as far as like the, the future of paper magic? Now that we're done interrupting you. <laughs> I would say I'm more in touch with kind of what's going on magic-wise. Um, I go to local FNMs. I, I play Standard. I play Pioneer. I play Modern. 
um, just to fill the time Scrub. Uh, at my local game store because um, uh, I'm not up near Durham where they actually get to play Legacy FNM, you know, every other week. So, I mean, I've seen, like, I, we have a store Discord at this point now where, you know, people are like, hey, does anyone want to Skype Paper Magic? Just because no one wants to take the time, you know, to buy the cards or to buy the packs online to hopefully get the cards for Arena. I think... If we're going to go to a non-paper magic format, it has to be more like MTGO where you can actually like trade for the cards from either like a card hoarder or some other player. But the way it is with, with a Arena is it's very hard to build like a, a decent deck that you want to brew or like finding new spicy cards to play because you don't have the wild cards. For ah. I think we're in a very good spot to still have paper magic after this. I think it'll be less than what we're used to. But, I mean, we'll still see Paper Magic tournaments through Star City Games and Channel Fireball. Uh, we'll still have big events like what we we're like that 20K and 40K out in St. Louis. Other people driving those formats as well. I think we're fine with Paper Magic in the long run. I, I would see Hasbro at least giving us another year of Wizards for cards. But honestly, I wouldn't be too upset if, you know, Legacy became a... At the end of the, this is all the cards we have left. This we're gonna play this format, and we can make more adaptable changes with a given card list. And you know what's great about that? We can ban planeswalkers. We can finally ban brainstorm. Yes, <laughs> had to fit it into the podcast somewhere. <laughs> oh man, got to it. <laughs> it kills me every time y'all talk about it. it. It kills me every time y'all talk about that. Okay, <laughs> I do. Rusty, I, I agree with you. I think that they probably give us a year and, and hopefully that the losses from Wizards and Hasbro and things are, are not massive and don't affect the game long long term because I do want them to keep printing paper cards because, again, I love playing with my nephew and he does not have access to play sets of Underground Seas and fetch lands and things like that. You know, he's 10 years old, so... But he has a printer. He does. He does. But I also think getting newer cards also help to keep us less stale in what we're playing. Yeah. I mean, sure. we talk about brewing all these other formats, but I think just more cards gives us more options. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I brew all the time. Like, I'm never playing the same thing for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you and I both perpetually do that. We we bounce ideas back and forth a lot. So, And I think that one of the things that's kind of helping our play group stay sane is that we're continuing to do FNM and drunkenly play on Skype and trying these different formats that are thought experiments and trying to not, you know, just say, Hey, we're going to play legacy week after week, or we're going to play vintage week after week or hextended. We're trying to, to really switch it up format wise so that we, you know, get into playing different formats and having to think about the card pool in a different way. And, you know, it, I think that that's something that more people should be doing right now. I, I see that there are people doing like, you know, online Skype legacy FNM. And, you know, if you're doing legacy FNM, you know, every single Friday, like it's going to get pretty stale if you're playing with the same 12 people. You know, the Blood Moon guy is going to just fuck up the lands guy. The lands guy is going to fuck up the show and tell or, or reanimator guy. And it's just the Delver version is going to play Delver. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to change because not everybody has like access to the cards like we do. But I do think that, you know, long term, people should be looking at trying different formats and doing some of these Skype tournaments with their play groups and with their friends, you know, like, I put a post out there today saying, hey, you know, if you want to play in our, our vintage FNM next Friday on the 24th, like, send me a personal message. If I don't think you're a shit sack, then I'll mm-hmm. let you play in it. You know, if I think you're just going to be a fucking GBT and show up and 
bitch about everything and I'm not going to let you play. Like you can go find a different play group, but you know, it's trying to get more of the locals up here in Durham into it. You know, can we have 16 or 20 people play in a vintage F and M? So, and also, you know, having guys like the, you know, team Tusk and some, maybe some of the tax men coming in eventually. So, Mm -hmm. but do you guys have any closing thoughts just kind of on some of the topics we've talked about tonight? This has been a really long cast and, I do apologize, very, very, everybody. Very um, we had a lot to talk about as far as events, and we wanted to bring Rusty on because Rusty's really been, you know, pounding as far as trying to play in events, brew, push the envelope on his own plane. So it was, we really wanted to bring him in tonight. It's it's just been a, a fun time, but thanks for having yeah, me. Oh, it's been here. a pleasure, man. I mean, we we talk constantly about magic, and you and I test probably more than anybody else on the team together. It's probably true. probably because we both play really janky bullshit all the time. But, but, you know, um, you've been a great addition to the team and, you know, I really wanted to bring you on tonight to talk about kind of these Skype events because you, you and I have been just kind of pounding and trying to keep stuff fresh constantly <laughs> pounding power bottoms, not on here. I know. Well, I thought that, I thought that's, uh, I thought that's sea biscuits anyway. What? Power bottom. Yeah, power bottom is sea biscuits, bitch. Rusty's mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotcha. We'll never forget Pittsburgh. So he may be power bottom, but I'm bottom <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, you can find Jamie on uh, on Twitter at HacksMTG. You can find me at the underscore Spoonerman. You can find uh, Rusty at RustyHackDGen. It's Rusty underscore HackDGen. Rusty underscore HackDGen. Sorry. Uh, you can email us at was it hacksmtg at gmail.com hacksmtg at gmail.com we also have hacksmtg.com where we're going to be posting some deck photos some tournament reports trying to get a little more content up there for people um i feel like this is a time where people need a good distraction so i'm going to see about having people write some tournament reports about some of the events that we've been doing. I may start my my essay on understanding Helm of Awakening on there. So um, if you want to find us on those and if there's anything you want us to talk about, if you have some, some topics that pertain to Eternal Magic that you're interested in or you're interested to hear a shit post about aside from blue decks. Cause we're not going to fucking sit and talk about what sort of Delver tech you can play. There's like 27,000 other podcasts that do that. So you can go listen to those podcasts besides they pay more attention and do more research than we do. Yeah. Have a good one guys. Until next time, everybody, uh, everybody stay safe. Everybody stay inside, wash your hands and, uh, and wash your motherfucking hands. Damn right. We'll catch y'all Peace. later. Fuck all you hoes. Get a grip, Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday.